For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Playmakers. Hey, welcome back, friends. Welcome back. If you're new here, thank you for stopping on by. We like to have a lot of fun here, so welcome, welcome. Yes, and all of our OGs, you know we love you. Thank you for being here every single week. We appreciate you. And to kick that off, we want to start with a review that we got on Apple Podcasts because y'all know we love our reviews. Ooh, we do. So this one says, these ladies have created an amazing community for coaches' wives. Every single episode speaks directly to me. I love how they and their guests keep it raw and real about the highs and lows of this industry. Y'all are amazing. Well, you're amazing. That's the best. (laughs) That's the best. Thank you for that review. And we love when you guys give us feedback. We're all open ears to make it a better community. And we have been working away and planning our year and it's been super exciting to see all of um, the ideas come to paper. Yes we have a big big year planned ahead of us so we're excited to have you guys here along for the ride. We hope you stay connected with us on all of our social media platforms and we just wanted to kind of touch base on that real quick. We have something really exciting coming out on Monday. So this comes out on Wednesday. So on Monday of next week, we have a really exciting newsletter that we're going to be dropping into your email inbox every week on Monday that will kind of touch on the previous week. So our next newsletter on Monday, we'll talk about this current episode that you're listening to right now. So we have a lot of other things that we're going to be adding to that newsletter. Ash, what, do you want to take away some of the things that we have? Yeah, it's super cool because a newsletter, we're not spamming you with random information. This is going to be actually helpful information, a part of our community. And one of the things that we found that would be super beneficial is we have been working on a more than a season, seasoned with love cookbook that one of our um, interns, a part of our team, Amanda, has been executing. And it is just so awesome. And what's so great about this, when you sign up for the newsletter, we will update that recipe book every single week and you will be given a new recipe from your more than a season community. So it's super cool because it's your own people. I know cookbooks, physical books, they're not really as popular anymore. And so we wanted to make sure that you had this downloadable PDF in your inbox, which also constantly updates with new recipes that we get from you guys and also just recipes that we have not me currently, but you know, (laughs) Ashley, Amanda, all of our team has submitted some recipes. And so we will be sharing that with y'all. So if you guys are interested in getting firsthand on that cookbook, make sure that you sign up for our newsletter. We'll let you know on all of our social media platforms this weekend, how you can sign up for that newsletter. 
Yeah, and we just wanted to kind of give you guys a rundown of who our interns are. We call them interns, but honestly, they are side-by-side teammates more than we could have ever asked for. So great. And so we just wanted to kind of introduce you to them and give you their names and how they're connected into the sports world. So Amanda is a part of the football world, and she is doing um, Facebook group as well as focusing on the cookbook for our team, and she has done an amazing job. She really has. I mean, that cookbook is amazing. I'm so excited for y'all to see it. And she's just really doing amazing things on Facebook. So if Facebook is your platform, make sure that you go ahead and check out that group. We also have Caroline and Caroline is our Twitter master. She is just killing it on Twitter. We actually had some amazing people that met us at the in-person event from Twitter. And so she's just doing amazing things over there. If Twitter is your social media platform preference, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Yeah, she's done great things with that, tweeting all the information, and it was so cool to connect with those that found us through that platform. And our next up intern and last part of the team is Madison, and this girl is a guru on Pinterest and all creative um, aspects of Pinterest. She has taken that platform and completely transformed it for us, so thank you, thank you, and she is a part of the baseball world. We love our teammates, and they are just so amazing humans as well as as just, you know, they're also in the sports industry. So go ahead and give them a follow, follow along their journey. Yeah, they're great. And coming up with story takeovers, we've touched on this on Instagram, and we kind of wanted to do some housekeeping on this and just say that if you want to show the behind the scenes of what your game day is like or what a day in the life is prepping for your game for the week, anything like that, let us know and just send us a message on our Instagram, or you can email us at more than a season podcast at gmail.com. And we would love to feature you. Yes. So we have been trying to get this lady on here for a long time because we've just love, we just love her. And I say that in the intro too. So you'll, you'll rehear me say how much we love her, but she's got all of these amazing things on her resume. So she's a FIFA agent and mentor. She's in the Canadian World Cup. She's a two time Pan Am Am Olympic medalist. And she's also a host of her own podcast called About the Game Pod. And so we'll link all of that information in the show notes. If you're interested in following her, which you will be after this episode, go ahead and check out our show notes for more information. I swear this girl has about 48 hours in one day. I have no idea how she gets everything done, but on this episode, she dives into so many topics. She speaks about women having their own voice and being a part of the soccer industry, and really, she puts it all out there. I mean, even about the pay differences between men and women and how we need to make a change and something needs to be done, and she also dives into the entire training process for the Olympics. I mean, it is completely just blows your mind when you realize how much time and effort goes into making it. It really is crazy. And I think that we've gotten that question so many times about how we want to see more people that have been in the Olympics because it's such a foreign world to most of us. We see it on TV. It looks glamorous. We all pretend that we can do all those tricks and things while we're sitting on our couch eating, you know, potato chips. But she really does give us an inside look at that. And she talks about mental health and really explores how she struggled with her own mental health in this industry. And so you guys will definitely love this episode and we will see you on the other side. 
Okay, today we are diving into the soccer world. This is a industry that we've been trying to get into for a while. So we are excited to have a guest here. And I think that it's just a sport that's so special because it's not really talked about a lot. And so we have been on a mission to find someone perfect to talk about it and bring it into light. So we're so happy to have our special guest here. If we're going to be completely honest about this, we've been stalking Lauren for a long time (laughs) on Instagram. We're like, she's so beautiful. She's just got everything going on. Great personality on Instagram. And she's honestly just done it all. So we're excited to have her on and give her side of the story. So we'll let her introduce herself. Hey everybody, you guys, I'm so excited. I know we've been like talking back and forth and I've been wanting to come on. I I love everything you guys are doing, but I'm Lauren Sussman. And for those of you guys who don't know me, I played professional soccer for 12 years, played in pretty much everything, the Olympics, World Cup, Pan American Games. I'm very blessed to have won two medals, which has been so incredible. And now I do a lot in the, in the sports industry. I have an NFL show called about the game, um, where I love to talk football because I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I mentor a lot of kids in the soccer space, a lot of athletes, men and women, but mostly women, and just kind of help them throughout their careers because I never really had a mentor growing up. And so I want to be able to give back. So we do a lot of, a lot of stuff in that. And we go around the world doing soccer camps soccer camps and just kind of giving back, um, because this is the beautiful game. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think that with soccer, I played growing up and there is just so much more that goes into it than just running out there and kicking a ball. And there's so many different things to work on, whether it be like, you know, in practice with different, I mean, there was so many different drills and different timings and things that you needed to work on just to be able to be mobile and to be able to be physically fit enough to keep up with the game. And so I just want to know where did this journey start for you? How old were you when you started soccer and basically how did it take you through all these different Olympics and the world cup, all of those? Yeah. So actually my first love was basketball. I wanted to go pro in basketball. My dad was a huge basketball player. I love the Shaq Penny Hardaway era. I had everything Penny Hardaway. He was my, he was my man. So I, you know, basketball was my first love. I didn't actually start playing soccer till I was about 11 and it was co-ed. I kind of got into it because, you know, I would go every day since I was young with the neighborhood boys and my brothers, no girls ever wanted to come hang out with me. So I would go hang out with the boys and we would literally play every sport under the sun, roller hockey. And I think that's where I get my aggressive nature from. And so I kind of just fell in love with soccer because we'd be playing in the backyard. And so my mom's like, do you want to try it? And I was like, sure, sure, sure. And so I went there and then I sat for most of practice. I'm like, I'm not doing this, you know? And I don't know why I said yes. Cause it was like, if you're not going to go out there, like, why did you say yes, Lauren? And then the coach was like, just come on. Just like, so like midway through, I'm like, fine. So I go out there. I threw this boy on the ground and then I scored the sick goal. And I'm like 11. Yeah. I think I'm like so cool. <laughs> and so my mom picks me up. I'm like, mom, this is the coolest sport ever. Like, this is what I want to do. And she was like, Lauren, you're crazy. And I said, I know, but like, and so soccer and basketball became like my loves all the way up till college. And then I decided I had to make a decision and soccer, I, I felt like could be more opportunity. And also I'm only five, eight. So I didn't know if my basketball career would go very far. 
And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all happened. And then it just kind of like took off. So I grew up in green Bay, which is not really a soccer city. Obviously it's football had no direction. And so then I decided to try ODP, which is the Olympic development program. Now it's ECNL for those who are familiar. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to play on the best team in the state. So my parents bless their hearts would drive me three hours to and from practice every day, just so I could play on this team, but everybody in on that team went D one. Um, so I got to play with like Leslie Osborne, um, Lindsay Tarpley, all those girls, they played for the U S national team and stuff like that. So it kind of just like worked out, everything worked out, but that's why I'm so passionate about mentoring because sometimes it doesn't work out the way you envision, but that's kind of the journey. And then I went to Purdue university and then, then I got drafted and the rest is history. It's a different perspective now being a woman athlete. I feel like then when you and I were growing up, I I played softball my whole life. And so I know that like now there's a lot more like women empowerment behind things. And before I feel like when we were growing up, like you mentioned, you hung out with all the boys and you played all the sports with all the guys and it was very different. So what do you think for you has shifted when you were growing up playing this sport to now? What is like the differences? I mean, there's so many, I mean, as you can see, the game has evolved so much, just like the style of play, the physicality of it, um, the tactical, the technical, the mental side of the game has, has completely grown. I mean, once you just keep going up in levels and that's what I stress with our youth, the, the fast pace of the game. But as you alluded to the whole, like women's empowerment, you see a lot more females getting into the game, a lot more young girls. I mean, our U S national team, has kind of put soccer on the map, you know, even the Canadian national team for up there, because I played for Canada is it's, it's huge. You know, now it's like, when you think of soccer in these two countries, it's like, Oh, women's soccer. And before that was never thought, you know, there's still a huge, huge struggle with obviously the equal pay. And that's like a whole discussion that I get into with my male (laughs) athletes all the time. But I think it's just so much respect now for, for women, you have, you know, male athletes now being like, not recognizing that females can play sports and giving them a lot more love, which I think has helped grow the game a lot. You're getting more TV time, which I think is very important for us to continue to grow the game. Everyone's always like, women don't bring enough money. I'm like, but no one can see us. So like, mm-hmm. if that's on the table, then people are going to be able to watch us. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like our game, the semifinals was one of the most watched sporting events ever for male and females. Yeah, and that's yeah. just, that's just a testament to how much this game has grown, but also what I think is special. And I think it's special to note as what you were talking about is women using their voices more right. using their platforms for, for change and for bigger things, because before we were kind of shut up, right. Mm-hmm. It was always like, you're going to get blacklisted. If you say those things, I don't know how many times people told me like, you're going to kick off the team. If you speak up about that issue, you know, I remember there was a time where probably shouldn't say this, but whatever, that like we weren't going to get paid because we're in FIFA. And it was like, they made us sign our image rights away. And it's like, well, how come everyone else is getting paid? You know, college athletes were getting paid and we can't even make anything. We're making no money here. Like I literally made like poverty level money playing soccer and I have two medals. So I have nothing when I retired to really show for it. And now you see it's kind of different. Now you have NIL deals, you have all these things that like athletes have the ability to make more money, which is awesome. You know, so the game has definitely changed 
so much, but it's heading in the right direction. And it, it's pretty cool to be, a, to be a part of that and to be able to help facilitate all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I, you know, with that talking about pay and, and the way that you have to commit so many hours and sacrifices in that moment, did you have to have a full-time job on top of playing and training at the same time? I basically have been working multiple jobs since I was like 12. And I know you can't even work until you're 14, but my parents had a business and I would like go do stuff, you know? So I've always known to work multiple jobs. And a lot of my male athlete friends are like, what is, what are you doing? Like, and I'm like, you guys don't understand you. They have, they absolutely have no clue. Right. right. And they'll be like, Lauren, what are you doing? I'm like, seriously, you guys, I have like six other jobs. Like it's, it's so bad. And like, it's so hard to find good agents, basically marketing yourself, which is a whole nother side job. And, mm-hmm. and our schedules are insane. Like people don't realize we're not getting fed at the stadium and then coming back and playing video games. Like it doesn't work that way. So we're like at the stadium from like six, 7 AM till three, four, five. If you're a national team camp, it's even longer. It's all day long. You're constantly, and then you're working in between that. Wow. It was like impossible. And then your coach is like, you got to focus. You got to focus. I'm like, you guys, you're getting paid. Great coaches. You're getting paid. That's awesome. But like, we're not like, I don't know what you guys expect us to do. Like we're doing the best we can. And then bless the hearts of the women who have had kids when they're playing. Mm. Crew, Alex Morgan, all those girls, you know, I'm just like, you guys are superstars. Like, I don't know how they even do that. So it's crazy, but times are yeah. changing. <laughs> I'm so glad things are changing though. And, and the conversations are being had more because I think that is the the difference things happened under the radar. No one knew that all these women are working all these jobs and doing all of these things on the side because they're getting paid nothing, you know, just like, I feel like the minor leagues of baseball, like you don't get paid anything and people don't realize that. And now it's coming to light. Like people are finally realizing these things and it's being talked about more. And so I kind of want to touch a little bit on the Olympic side of things, Olympic side of the house. We haven't had anybody on here yet that has gone to the Olympics, which is so amazing. Congratulations on that. That is just so cool. But we want to talk about training for that. What did that look like? How did you have to prepare yourself? Did you have to be working jobs while you're doing that as well? Like give us the rundown of the Olympics. Yeah. I think people don't realize like Olympics world cup, you don't really make any money and your federation really isn't paying you for Canada. They put us up because when we were preparing for the Olympics, our league had folded. So it kind of gave us the opportunity to focus more on the Olympics. Obviously we would have liked our, our league to have not folded, but that's the reality of women's soccer and women's sports. And so we were lucky enough to go to Vancouver and we trained there for about six months. And so we lived there, they fed us, which was great. So it would allow us to kind of just focus. So they kind of took that worry away. Still, we had bills and stuff. So there was things we would do like on the side there was opportunities from appearances to make money, which was a blessing. But yeah, I think I never, I never stopped working. I would always do like little things here and there. I was writing books. I was doing a bunch of different stuff. And so the thing is, is like, people don't realize in women's sports, especially is you never know when it's going to end, right? Mm-hmm. You say, Hey, I'm going to retire at the age 38, 39, have kids do this. You have it all planned out, but let, reality, it never happens that way. Men and women, regardless And so I was always trying to prepare for what was next, just in case. And that's what a lot of us did. So training for Olympics was awesome. I mean, 
just to be able to put on that practice uniform every day, go out there and do what I love and just be like, whoa, like all the blood, sweat and tears up to this point has been worth it. You know, no one ever thought like I always thought, because ever since I was young, I wanted to play, but like coming this small girl coming from a small city, no one's like, oh, she's going to be in the Olympics someday. So it was kind of just like, it was just so cool to be like proving people wrong and just getting that spot. I mean, only 18 people get a go and then you have the reserve players. So like to be able to be chosen, mm-hmm. is like, yeah. it was, it was like a pinch me moment. It was so surreal. And London is so cool, by the way, London is amazing. <laughs> and so we would go there for at least a month before the um, Olympics started to kind of prep, get used to the, the rainy weather and just kind of get acclimated. We did a lot of heat acclimation training because you never know what's going to happen, right? Any type of weather. So we would be thrown in this hot room crank it up and we'd have to work out in that. And I thought I was going to die. We'd have to take like these pills and like, I thought I was going to die. I was like, what is this? It's crazy what you can accomplish when you push your body to, to certain things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a fun, fun ride. We had such an awesome team. I always like to watch the athletes faces during the opening ceremony when they do the big production and everything, because it is so cool to me to, and I am getting on a little soapbox here that everyone, even if they don't speak the same language, like different backgrounds, everyone is just at one place and it's at peace. Like it's at peace. And even though you're going to compete the next day and, you know, you know, very competitive, everything going on like that, but I think it's cool because everyone's looking up and watching, you know, the crowd. And it's like, for that one moment, everyone in the world is just like Mm -hmm. together. And I think that's so neat. And so did you meet anybody from other teams that you're still friends with from all over the world? I mean, I think the soccer community is, that's why it's really special. I think the men and women players, just because we've had the opportunity to be around them all the time. You, you make a lot of really cool friends. I think for me, it was cool. Like I saw Usain Bolt and I was like, like you're walking around the village and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. you inspire me, you inspire me. And then someone could be like, you inspire me. And I'm like, me, no, wait, what? You know? So it's just, it's cool to be, these are the most elite athletes in the world. And you're just like, whoa, I don't belong here, you know? And so it's cool because you got to like eat with them. And so we made a lot of like friends when we were there. I mean, obviously we don't talk to them anymore. It's just kind of like friends when you're there, but like, the soccer players in general, I think like we all kind of just know each other around the world. So I think, I think that's pretty cool. The soccer community is very small. Yeah, it is. I think, I mean, on the women's side, obviously yeah. the yeah. is like a bigger game, but um, you're doing a lot of things together with the men and the women. So it, it all becomes like a little family and stuff like that. So it's very supportive, especially on, on the women's side. I mean, if you see it, I don't know if you guys watch the NWSL or when the listeners watch the NWSL, just to see how they kind of like band together this year with all the craziness that happened. I mean, this has been happening in our league for many years, ever since I was in it and people just never were really spoke up about it. So seeing these, these women all come together for, to make change, you know, in, in different areas is pretty cool. And then like all around the world, like everybody started doing it for our league. And it was just like, wow, look at that amount of support. It's, it's just something really special. So, so every time we get to play against each other, you know, even when they're Olympics, you're, you're playing against Great Britain, you shove somebody in the ground and then you laugh and you pick them up, you know? So it's pretty cool to have, to have that. Like, I know that I could call somebody up, they could call me up anytime and we would have each other's back. So 
That's awesome. Love that. I feel yeah. like with soccer too, and, and sports in general, you kind of touched on this in the beginning, but mental health is a huge part of any sport. And I think we're talking about it more again, like the conversations are just coming to light a little bit more. And obviously people have dealt with mental health for forever and probably just dealt with it on their own. And some sports are a little bit more open about it. Was is soccer like pretty open about mental health? No one really spoke out about a lot of things, right? Because everyone was a lot of, was like afraid to really talk about anything because if you said something, you did something, we didn't know if we would get kicked off. And so I think what really spearheaded it was Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love coming out and really telling his story, first and foremost, for men to make yeah, to be like, yeah. it's okay to, to talk about this, to have those feelings, to feel this way. Even when I saw Kevin, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I can tell my story, you know, because like, I feel like it's okay. COVID it was a crappy situation, but it really brought a lot of athletes together to talk about mental health. I had so many mental health talks it, and I got to meet a lot of athletes all around the world that I would have never had access to before. And we talked about mental health as one of the biggest things, like people are struggling, regardless if you're an athlete or not, people are struggling in their everyday life. And like, I just don't understand why people are just not kind, you know, and like athletes, yes, we get a lot because it's more out there for people to see. And I definitely got my share of it. We all have. And I mean, I was getting death threats and like things like this, because, you know, like soccer is like one of the biggest sports in the world and people are very passionate about it. And like people die over soccer. And so people just don't understand we're first and foremost humans and we actually have feelings and we're not just like this entity up there where it's like, you can just harp on us all the time and come and bash us all the time. It's like, and obviously we're, as women, we're maybe a little bit more emotional, you know, like, you know, our hormones, hello, but you know, everyone's like, you should just take it. You're an athlete. Like it's part of it. I said, there's, there's a difference between, Hey, I think you had a bad game. Like you should have scored that goal. You should have did this like blah, blah, compared to, I'm going to kill you. If I see you on the street, I'm going to beat you up and beat you to a pulp and you'll never play soccer again. And I'm like, man, it's not that serious, but okay. Like, you know, and, and in sports, it's a very lonely world. Yes. We're on a team, but you're so you're competing every day for a spot on that team. Right. So yeah, they're your friends, but you're also competing against them. And so you're, sometimes you feel like you can't share certain things. Also, you keep a lot in because you're like, I'm supposed to be tough. You know, like I can't show a sign of weakness. If I want to win a medal now that people are talking about, we've talked about it in our podcast too. Like it's okay to not be okay. And I've lost a lot of people in my life to suicide. I almost committed suicide. Yeah. So it's like, sorry, I get a little emotional to talk about it, but, um, so to be able to talk about it and be like, it's okay to not be okay. is like really big. And now like seeing like the guys that do the podcast with opening up more about certain things that they've never opened up about before, I think is really special that once we have that conversation, you can help so many more people. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I know that that's always tough to bring up. And so we were grateful that you went there and you talked about it all because that's what we're trying to do is just make it more normalized and that it's okay not to be okay. And in our industry, we, we feel that too, with having to hide certain things or having to, you have friends like Brittany and I, we are very close, but there's things that we can't talk about, especially at the end of the season, just because it's part of it. Like you have to keep that 
that professionalism because it's your significant other's job and we're in the sports industry. So I definitely can relate in that aspect of just feeling like you have to keep it buttoned up. And I don't know if that is something that someone told me that I needed to do, or I just naturally followed in suit with all the people that I watched, but I just appreciate you sharing that information. And where do you see in soccer, where do you see the disconnect? I think a lot has been exposed, you know, with the NWSL and now the youth system getting called out. I mean, I've seen with my own two eyes, how people approach, you shouldn't be talking to any kid that way, regardless if it's a woman or, or I mean, a little girl or a little boy, like there's a certain line that you just don't cross, especially when they're that impressionable at that age. Like the way that some of these coaches talk to these kids, I think it's just taking a step back and being like, it's not that serious at that age one, but also there's a disconnect too with some parents because some of the parents are really hard on their kids too. And it's just like, how do we fix that in the youth system? There's been a lot of talk on like in Twitter. Cause I was like, I never had that like in the youth system. I, I was fine with, with my coaches, but I've seen a lot of kids that I've coached and they've come up to me personally and be like, I can't talk to my parents. I can't talk to my coach. I hate my coach. Like what he said to me the other day, he made me feel like I'm nothing. They're like, I can only talk to you because you've been through that. And it's so hard to like, see like a little kid say that to you that like, they're like, I want to quit. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like we shouldn't be having that. That should not be, this should be fun for them at that age. There's just, there's so much pressure on these young kids to be the best. Like that is one thing I'm so appreciative of my parents for in the journey. My dad was, my dad was my coach. He was the one that was out there running sprints with me. And, but he was always like, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to like, he was always just a cheerleader. He was never like, it has to be better. Like I'll talk to some parents too. And I'm like, you need to chill, you know? Cause I coach a lot of kids. I'm like, you need to chill out and just let them be a kid and have fun and enjoy it. That's why I think I started this mentoring company too, with like called Yield Train Sports is where we're connecting with that age group and the youth and kind of just being like a voice for them that they can like talk because there's nobody for them to talk to and just kind of like help them through things they're going through. And you'd be surprised at how many kids at that young age are like thinking of like not good things. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way like that age should be thinking of these kind of things. So, I mean, yeah, there, there, there is a lot of like disconnect, but I think that like a lot of these past players are doing a lot of amazing things. I think it's being more accessible. Like I'm on my Instagram, like if a kid wants to message me, I think just having somebody there that they know they can talk to and stuff like that, I think is really important. Yeah. That's so important. I mean, again, growing up with sports, I don't feel like that was ever a thing. We didn't have those people that we could reach out to that had been through it and you could kind of, you know, see where their journey has taken them. And, and I think sports always was an outlet for me and is an outlet for a lot of kids and to see it kind of become the opposite and kids kind of get burnt out or frustrated with it. I also think that has a lot to do with like being able to play a lot of these sports year round, which is great. It is great. But did you ever experience that burnout from playing so much that you just wanted to like separate yourself from soccer? That's a great thing. And I, I stress this so much. I'm like, go out and be a kid and play multiple sports. There's this like thing nowadays where it's like, you can only focus on one. If I didn't play basketball, I would have never been the soccer player that I was because when I joined the national team, I got switched to a completely different position, a defender. And if I didn't play basketball, I would have been cut. 
because I play like a basketball player when I play defense and that is why I made the team. Mm-hmm. And this kid, I messaged her and she was like, she had an Instagram story and she said, third practice of the day. And I messaged, she's 12. I messaged her. I'm like, third practice of the, what are you like? What? Oh, obviously I was nice about it. But I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like three practices, hun. I was like, that's, that's, that's a lot. And I was like, can you please explain to me what's going on in these practices that can't be condensed into like one, I mean, two, like maybe if it's like a, maybe I'm just going to go out and play with the ball and stuff like that, but there's no reason why a 12 year old should be going doing three practices, seven days a week. Yeah. Like the reason why I got injured is because I was training too much. I tore my ACL because we were training way too much. We were traveling way too much. It was just too much. And so when our coach was like, I'm going to give you guys two days off a week, because we were just, when we trained, we train hard. And I was, that was like a blessing for all of us. We all were like, thank goodness, you know? And like, that's when we won, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Came out and we won because people don't realize like how important recovery is and taking care of yourself. Like it's not going out and like smashing your body and like doing a million things. It's not, it's, it's taking the proper warm up, the proper cool down, doing all the, the other things outside the um, resistant band work, all that kind of stuff, prehab, rehab you name it, icing, all that stuff. And no one teaches these kids that. And this is why there's so many injuries. I went to like one high school that they had asked me to come talk at. There was like 10 girls that had ACL injuries. What is going on there? That's crazy. (laughs) And then they just had them sitting there. Like they're sitting there on the sideline injured. And I'm like, what type of like stuff are you doing to like get back on the field? Well, not much. Like I go in the weight room here and I'm like, who's facilitating this? You guys can be working out. You should not be sitting like this. This is the worst thing for you. And playing in a brace. I just don't understand like the, the mindset. And it, it's crazy to me. Like I, I'm, I'm worried for some of these kids. We had like a hundred and some my kids on the other day. And I asked this question to the pro that we had on. I was like, how much do you train and how much do you recover? Because I think it's, it's so important and pressure right now. When you say those stories, I was thinking about that. And with, uh, I did competitive cheerleading. I know it's not soccer, but it, it's very it's hard, hard on your body. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was on one team for two years and I remember uh, my body being so tired. We had three hour practices, six days a week. And then we also had choreography, which that wasn't a straining, but it was at least two hours once a week. So we were going three hours a day for so long. And I remember half the team had like ankle braces. I mean, we had, I had a wrist guard. I had, I remember wrists, my ankles were taped. I had a knee brace. I mean, totally falling apart. And then I changed teams And when I went to the other team, I remember I showed up and this team is well known. They've won a million things. And they were like, we practice two times a week, an hour and a half and not a minute more. That's it. Once you're done training, you're done. And I remember finishing the practice, like my very first one. And I was like, oh, like you can still be successful (laughs) with an hour and a half and just use your time wisely, not kill yourself trying to do this. And With all that to say, I totally think that it's true, but I also think that coaches, and I'm just going to say it out loud, maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this, is there's an old school mentality that you have to grind and work so many hours to prove that you're hardworking. And I just don't think that's true at all. And I mean, you have given us evidence, obviously, (laughs) supporting that. And so what do you see the future of soccer? Do you see it transitioning to 
smaller amounts of practices with more recovery time, what do you think that it's going to start changing to? Yeah. I mean, you already see it. Like, I think that like, if you look at the most successful teams, you know, you look at the U S you look at, I mean, Canada, like we have that implemented, like it is to a T like how, how we're taking care of like, you know, up to like drinking and getting our, you know, our urine tested every morning just to make sure we're hydrated enough. Now, if we could implement that in the pros, I mean, I know they have it on the men's side of things on all sports, but on the women's side, there is a long way to go in the pros. Like, and it starts with us, right? Because we're the, we're setting the examples for the youth because they're all looking up to us. And so as athletes sharing our routine, talking about it with the kids and being like, it's okay not to train like a gazillion times a day. But I mean, I hope it gets better because the amount of injuries, it's scary. Well, and the access that we all have now to more information about recovery and going and playing. I feel like I never did that when I was younger. I just went out and started playing. Like I didn't, you know, warm up properly, I'm sure. And I didn't recover for sure. I know that. And so the access is there. It's just connecting the two to be able to provide this to these athletes and not have them like overwork because they can. And So I want to know more about your podcast. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys talk about, what the podcast is about, how you guys started it? Give us the rundown. So I, I actually have two, one of them's called the pro mentality, but that's like in the soccer mental side. So that's just soccer based with the kids that I do. And then about the game is what I do with Orlando Skandrick and TJ Hushmanzada. <laughs> Who's your mama? He always tells me because I say his name incorrectly. And I'm like, look, that is a mouthful, dude. So I just say, Who's your mama? And these guys are a riot. First of all, I've looked up to them. I've watched them, you know, Orlando playing with Dallas, TJ crushing it with the Bengals with Chad Ochocinco, like best wide receiving duo like mm-hmm. ever play the sport. So it, it was such a blessing that I, I got to be able to be a part of the show. I love football. I'm learning a lot as, you know, obviously like, cause I didn't play it. So they know all these little yeah. things and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Hmm, okay. <laughs> mental note, mental note. You know, and then I was trying to relate it to soccer and like the women's they're like women's sport sucks. And I'm like, and then we get into that debate. And so it's actually a really great banter. We have really great debates. We have really great banter on there. We're all great friends and they add such a cool element. And we've had some really cool guests on Michael Vick, Carson Palmer, Gilbert Arenas just came on. He was talking football with us, which I loved him playing basketball. We've had, you know, a lot of really cool people on there and it's been so fun. It's been so fun. It's something I've always kind of wanted to do, you know? So when I get to shoot the shit with people and just, just talk and like, no one's telling you, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. You just have fun. It's such a good time. So I've even just like grown as like a host on the show. So this is my first time ever hosting like a show and it's kind of intimidating being with those guys. Cause it's like, you know how guys are. So it's just kind of intimidating because it's like, you should know everything. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Isn't it crazy? We were just talking about this actually right before you came on how football, like the terms in football for their plays and all those things are the most outlandish weird yeah. things. And I don't feel like that is that way in any other sport. Like the names are of some of these plays, like, you know, what's going on, obviously watching football, but like, you don't know the names of the plays that they're running. Yeah. And Orlando's are like, Lord, you should know this. I'm like, dude, you played the sport for however many years. You don't know a single lick about soccer. Like (laughs) they always want to talk smack about my athletic ability. And and then they always want to say, and I want to ask you guys, 
What would you guys rather have an Olympic medal or win a Fiesta bull ring? Olympic medal. <laughs> That's hey, not even a question. Like, after listening to this podcast, everyone <laughs> has spoken. And also all the fans online said the same thing. So everyone has spoken. It's just like, it, girls can't get any respect. No, no none. respect. You, <laughs> well, next time you do the podcast recording, you should just wear your Olympic medal around your neck. So they see that, that the entire a time. Good idea. Great idea. Is, you know what? Thank you for giving me that. That's this. it. I'm going to be like, do you want to hold this? Do you want? Yeah. You never. So we have one more question. We ask this on every single one of our episodes and it can be about soccer. It can be about life, your answers. So if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that would help your future self now, what would it be? Both of the things I'm going to say are very cliche, but one, always have fun because I think we forget that because we're so focused all the time in life. And I see a lot of these kids like not really having fun and enjoying it. No matter what it is you do, sports, whatever in life, always remember if you're not enjoying it and you're not loving it, like don't do it because yeah. mm-hmm. you're miserable. And, and make sure you guys have like a really good balance. You know, don't focus so much on money, 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 and like doing this and working and all this stuff, just really go out and have a good balance, you know, enjoy life, have some fun. Um, and don't be so hard on yourself. I think, especially as women, I think we're very, very hard on ourselves because I feel like we have to work twice as hard to make ourselves known and to people to really respect us. And yeah, life, life shouldn't be so serious. And also be kind, (laughs) be kind to everybody in respect because you don't know like there could be somebody that you disrespect and that person's going to be your boss someday. So always respect everybody, no matter who it is, the water boy, whoever it is that's helping you in life. A lot of people need to hear that. And I'm talking to some certain people out there if they're listening. <laughs> I love that. Well, we absolutely loved having you on and we're going to tag all of your podcasts and your Instagram pages in the show notes. So thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. I want to do this. You guys are so fun. Like I <laughs> love you guys. I love what you're doing. Keep up the great work. You're amazing. You. And come party yes. with me. We will. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.